You work hard to build your business. And as a smart and savvy entrepreneur, you understand the importance of protecting your business. This podcast is brought to you in part by True Shield Insurance Incorporated, underwritten by Northbridge General Insurance Company. True Shield Insurance was made for you. It takes a hands-on approach and understands the startup community's culture and needs. Get coverage insurance for your startup starting at just $29 per month. Visit trueshieldinsurance.ca today and get the right insurance solution for your business needs. Welcome to Startup Newsweek, your source for news affecting entrepreneurs in Canada. My name is Cyprian Chalankiewicz and today is May 17, 2016. In the news this week, Startup Canada has opened nominations for the third annual Startup Canada Awards. These awards celebrate outstanding entrepreneurial achievement. This year, six new awards have been added to celebrate the diversity and ambition of Canada's entrepreneurship community. Nominations close July 20th. Visit startupaward.ca for more information. Montreal's International Startup Festival is just around the corner. Visit startupfestival.com for more details. Halifax-based initiative called the Mindset Project wants startup founders to open up about their mental health via an online survey. The initiative aims to improve mental health and wellness support for entrepreneurs. Startup founders can participate in the initiative at themindsetproject.ca. C100 announced 17 Canadian startups to join its 48 Hours in the Valley program this summer. These startups include Toronto-based Nudge, Ottawa's PageCloud, Carolina, the startup from Oakland Falls, BC, and Datacratic from Montreal. Last week, following Startup Canada Day on the Hill, Startup Canada CEO Victoria Lennox told the Financial Post about the top four things entrepreneurs called upon Ottawa to do better to support Canadian startups. This includes opening government procurement to more entrepreneurs, service innovation within government, including entrepreneurs in the design and delivery of the innovation agenda, and incentivizing investments through tax credits. One of the most important parts of naming your new business is finding an available website name that works. Today's episode is brought to you by .ca. Join thousands of Canadian entrepreneurs who have chosen a .ca domain name for their business. Choose your .ca domain name at cira.ca forward slash startup today. Storytelling, the journey of real change makers and discovering their impact on the world we live in. And now, broadcasting from Fredericton, New Brunswick, on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, Rivers Corbett. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Season 2 of the Startup Canada Podcast Show. I'm your host, Rivers Corbett. Startup Canada Podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the rallying network uniting Canada's entrepreneurship community. And on this podcast, we connect you, the idea person, the startup founder, the creative thinker with the movers and shakers of Canadian entrepreneurship. Here on the show is where we fill you in on trends and opportunities and possibilities for your next step as an entrepreneur and where we have conversations about advancing entrepreneurial growth and success in Canada. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Intuit QuickBooks, your partner in building a financially fit and fundable business. Get 50% off. That's right. 50% off QuickBooks online today by visiting intuit.quickbooks.ca forward slash start right. Do any of our new listeners remember to subscribe to the Startup Canada podcast in the iTunes store, then visit startupcan.ca to join the network to connect to support, mentors, training, funding, space, and to your local startup community. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are thrilled to have as our guest today, Michael Laguerre. He's the founder of the Makerspace AscentWorks and one of the driving forces of Ramp Up Manitoba, Innovation Alley, and Startup Winnipeg, who he has also recently had a massive exit for his company, Securus. Throughout today's interview, we're going to discuss with Michael how he is fueling the grassroots movement in Winnipeg startup scene. He's also championing entrepreneurship through community building initiatives, investment opportunities, and of course, his work in cybersecurity, which is absolutely a big, big topic these days. He's founded, led, and sold several IT, security, and defense research companies. He's often referred to as a computer genius, and so now I will always refer to him as a computer genius every time I see him, who's who's made himself a name, uh, sorry, who made a name for himself as a hacker. He sold his startup Securus, a world leader in cybersecurity to the Japanese electrics powerhouse Hitachi Systems. He's the ambassador of Startup Winnipeg, which encompasses Ramp Up Manitoba, AscentWorks, and Innovation Alley. Michael, welcome to the show, my friend. Yeah, it's great. Well, look, you've been quoted, and uh, I love our researchers on uh, on our show. They do a great job in providing the scripts. But it says it's been one heck of a ride building a company. Now, you built more than one, but when you say it's been one heck of a ride, you know what's this thing about the ride that keeps you hooked on building startups? Yeah, so um, you know, I guess I, I'm uh, an entrepreneur by 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 birth. I guess is the best way to describe it. Extremely entrepreneurial family on all sides, and um, you know what I what I love about uh, starting up any business is is the ups and downs. It, it's on the outside outside the entrepreneurial community. Um, you hear about the success. You hear about the I showed up to work. We had a plan. We made a million bucks. We uh, leveraged uh, venture capital for a hundred million bucks. We sold for a billion and what more was there to it right it just and the reality is a lot is a lot different you know you you come to work you um you you don't know how the plan is going to work you have to pivot you bring on people the, the life life of yourself and life of the business changes as you go through each of these stages and it's it's a lot like um it's a lot like having a child where, you know, the, the, the startup, the newborn versus a three-year-old, a 10-year-old and a 25-year-old company, uh, you know, they, they're learning how to talk for themselves in the beginning. Uh, they build their own culture. They have their own opinions, just like a 14-year-old. And, yeah. and as they grow up, it's, it's, just, it's, it's really rewarding to see the good and the bad of that path. And, um, you know, having the opportunity to do it more than once, uh, sometimes well and, and sometimes not so well, it's just, it's just a great experience that I, I love getting into. So, you know, that's, that's what gets me hooked. It's, it's about, uh, you know, starting it, nurturing it, and seeing it take on a life of its own that hopefully it's aligned to the culture and the, the wishes and the performance you wanted out of it. Very cool. So I, my guess is you like the roller coaster. 
Absolutely. You know, the, you know sometimes, you know, a, a little less uh, of an incline than, than other days and the decline. But, you know, it's, it's you know, it's, it's about life, right? It's about yeah. it, about enjoying that and, and, and rising to those challenges that you get on a daily basis. Yeah, very cool. So, look, you could have gone in any direction. Uh, why cybersecurity? Uh, you know, for me, it was it was a, a, a passion. Um, you know, a couple things uh, lined up early in my life where uh, I was extremely into computers at a young age. Uh, a number of my my young mentors were all into, uh, really, I guess uh, you know they were geeks, but you know hackers at whatever stage of the word back in the early '90s, what it meant. And um, a, a lot of them ended up getting into the cybersecurity industry in one way, shape, or form. Uh, and and, th- and that's what uh, some folks, uh, you know, took jobs with some of the big firms of the day, uh, you know, start getting the, 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 the good salaries. And, and for me, I said, you know what, uh, I love this. I was actually got a job working for, for government, doing security for them and for some large enterprises. And then at uh, 17, realized, you know what, I, I, um, uh, I should do this for myself. And, and so for myself, it, it basically it came down to the point where uh, how do I build a consultancy? How do I build a managed, managed services uh, entity, something with annuity revenue uh, in this space, in the space that I'm passionate about? So it was, it was a little bit about a consequence and in, in, in what I knew growing up. And, and um, again, at that time, uh, when I started the firm, uh, a lot of folks did not take cybersecurity seriously uh, as its own specialty in IT, where, you know, today, obviously, opinions have changed. Mm. Yeah, isn't that how Robert Herzevik is? And that's a space that he uh, did, did well in his life? Very much so. Yeah, he focused on, uh, on on product like software, hardware, resales and training in that space. So, yeah, it's yeah, it, it very uh, complimentary. Yeah, very cool, man. Well, congratulations. Now, you talk about your passion, and you know, I'm always asked the question, are entrepreneurs born or are they made? And what's your opinion on that? You know, it, it can be both. It, it, for myself, uh, I was born, and it, and it was, um, uh, you know, both sides of the family, including my immediate family, were extremely entrepreneurial. In my uh, immediate family, we owned a, a small amusement park uh, here in, in, in Winnipeg, uh, a couple electronics firms, and, uh, and, and the such, my um, wider family. It was literally everything from a, 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 a vending machine circuit to uh, a couple CEOs in, in multi-billion dollar organizations. So, you know, the, the, the discussions around the, uh, the dinner table, the ride home from school, nice. uh, it was always about business. And, and we were always allowed to be a part of the conversation, even, even at seven or eight years old when you had probably not the best <laughs> and informed <laughs> comments to make. Mom yeah. and dad would always listen and mom and dad would always give the response. So you... You felt, uh, you know, this was a part of your life, and and as it was time to really, you know, make get some revenue of my own, uh, it, it seemed very natural to take my skills and to pivot into a business that that can that can survive and grow, and and that's what we did. Uh, you know, for people who want to, you know, to become entrepreneurs, like you know, can you build yourself into it? Absolutely. It's, I think, the difference it comes down to is it's that passion, and whether you yes. find that passion from day one. Or you find that passion every after you went to school or got trained, uh, so be it. But I, I think the core element there is that uh, you don't choose to work twenty four by seven for the rest of your lives, uh, deprioritizing uh, family and, and other priorities, mm-hmm. unless you truly believe in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good point. Really good point. Well, look, let's kind of um, dive into 
the whole Winnipeg scene and, you know, one of your current business projects is Ascent Works, the, the makerspace. Um, first of all, there's a, there's probably a lot of people on this call on this podcast that really don't know what a makerspace is. Can you kind of give us your version? Cause I'm sure there's many different versions, but we're interested in yours. Okay. So there's tons. So the, the part of the first uh, piece of context is Ascent Works as a, as a part of the community is a uh, business driven nonprofit that is at least at all times 51% funded by private industry. So successful businesses, uh, entrepreneurs, founders who have a little bit of cash to give into the community, uh, sponsor the project, sponsor the facility in a benevolent manner. So right. the goal is to have private business drive what we want to build, uh, have it supported by government appropriately, and and um, uh, give a first stepping stone for people trying to build businesses and trying to build uh, new ideas for their, their business. And the, the word benevolent is critical where uh, there's a number of, of incubators, accelerators, and, and, and maker spaces that uh, in order to get membership, either you pay money in a for profit model or they maybe they take a percentage of your company. For us, we were focused on building uh, a, a base community. And, and in order to do that, we uh, uh, we try running the, the, the thing at a, a break-even uh, level, uh, giving as much accessibility to the community as possible. So the makerspace is really the, another word we use for it is a fabrication lab. Uh, a makerspace generically is really, uh, it could be a hacker space or it's a place where you get access to to tools, to machinery, to software, and to, to mentors, to community, people who share your ideas. Right. Uh, Make, uh, Make Magazine is a very popular thing out there, and it talks about the maker community in general. So they don't care if you're a kid out of school making a widget for fun or if you're a startup trying to build a, a piece of hardware. Uh, they don't judge. Uh, for us, AscentWorks is focused on pre-business plan prototypes, so you have an idea, but you don't necessarily have enough of an idea to go raise the first 150 grand to buy a CNC, to buy a 3D printer, to buy a laser cutter, to buy those, those physical things that are tough to get. Like You don't want to have a $50,000 a month uh, burn in lease payments for equipment when you don't really know what the scalability of your hardware or, or, or related project might be. So... It's about getting access to, right now, over $6 million of equipment. So three, five, seven access CNC and woodworking equipment, metalworking equipment. We have a beautiful complement of 3D printers, laser cutters, uh, and everything in between uh, to the point where we actually have some really high-end electronics equipment. So in our space... Uh, if you know, we have examples like uh, the heft, which was on the Dragon's Den. There, uh, Mario and, and David and uh, uh, the folks that were behind that project, uh, they had the concept, but could not figure out how to build it for production at a, at a cost level that was good. So they came to AscentWorks and they ended up building prototypes that uh, could be mass produced at a low cost. Uh, the other quick example is we had a, a local organization called Solera Data Systems that does GPS tracking for satellite recovery. Uh, the Very Dragon, cool. yeah, the, a SpaceX satellite. The first time it was recovered <laughs> was using the Solera Data Systems uh, 
uh, product that was designed electronic-wise and uh, physical prototype-wise in a Scentworks. So it's about business fabrication. That's what we're all about. And the goal, the outcome we want is that not only are there new businesses starting up, but they're businesses that are a part of the community. Yeah. The fact that they were helped by the community, what we're yeah. seeing is that they support other entrepreneurs, they share their experiences as mentors, and they help grow the minimum capacity to, to, to put Winnipeg on the map. Very cool. Well, let me ask you this question because it's, uh, you know, these are incredibly freaking amazing stories you're telling and, and companies that you're connecting with. And, and when I talk to entrepreneurs like yourself across the country, there's some great, wonderful, wonderful stories happening. And I think that's a story that needs to be told. And I think that government in particular does a shitty job telling that story about the successes. Like, I mean, you know, in the UK does a great job of bragging about the Richard Branson's of the world, but we need to do a better job in bragging about what you just talked about. So tell me how you tell other startup communities, how are you bringing those stories of magic and wonder to the community? Uh, well, so one, a little bit of perspective. You know, we talked about the Richard Bransons of the world. And ironically, there's there's one Richard Branson, you know. Yeah. And, and I, I, for, for setting context, what I love to talk about people is, you know, you go to a, uh, you know, go to a presentation and ask, uh, you know, how many folks in the room are billionaires? Right. And in Canada... Uh, if you get more than one or two hands, uh, you're, you're in a high-paid crowd, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. But so when we look at entrepreneurship, unfortunately, what a lot of us focus in on is that that we're always trying to one-up each other from that revenue perspective, from that how much was your sale. And, and those are absolutely goals you can have in life. But what's important from an ecosystem perspective, what's important from building a community is that you're you are an, an active, involved entrepreneur. You, you're growing a business. I don't, you know, from a, a, a community point of view, it doesn't always have to be a scalable business. Uh, you know, people have built very successful franchises worth much more than I'm going to generate in my lifetime. Right. So you need that mix of entrepreneurship. Yeah, very so good. There's point. no wrong way, mm -hmm. uh, but once you set that context, now the 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 kinds of stories you can focus in on uh, become quite broader because now you have uh, as an entrepreneur, how do you choose goals for yourself that are important? How do you build a business that meets your needs, scalable or not? And what does success look for look like for you long term? Mm -hmm. So when we talk about telling the stories, we love setting that context and then sort of beating the drum. You know, mm -hmm. so we do uh, regular uh, ramp up uh, meetups. So we have a, a community meetup at least once a month where everyone shares their stories of uh, their current ideas for growth, where they're at, where they're going. Uh, we do weekly podcasts in our community called uh, Innovation Alley. Oh, and cool. yeah, we yeah. Do that's right. Yeah, the Innovation yeah. Alley. Sorry. Yeah, so we do a one once a week. We just we have a, a three hour session where uh, we sort of tactically pick up. You know what's going on. What, what's some big news out in the real world? What's some what's some some development news in our community? And where are the cool stories? And we nice. look at things like crowdfunding uh, to you know some of the big venture capital uh, things that are going on. So we 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 try looking at all the stories and trying to put them together. That's uh, building that that um, the end to end perspective 
I find motivates and involves people because uh, if you're not a billionaire, you don't feel demotivated. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now, it's, and by the way, I just want to give you a little extra push for Innovation Alley. Is it just Innovation Alley on uh, on you know on Apple and so on? Yeah, uh, yeah, on iTunes and SoundCloud, uh, Innovation Alley uh, podcast. That's awesome. Well, obviously, the people in Winnipeg are going to want to be connected to that that are listening to the show. But uh, uh, I think we can learn a lot from uh, sharing with each other too. So I think. Every Everybody should listen to what's going on in Winnipeg. And talking about that, my friend, you could set up business anywhere. You know, uh, besides the uh, the hockey team, what's the what's the rationale for Winnipeg? You know, I what, I, uh, I was born and raised in Winnipeg. Um, I've, I've actually some of my businesses, like my, one of my defense organizations, we were originally Ottawa based. Uh, we built a firm uh, based out of China. Um, so we we've, we've we've done businesses elsewhere. Uh, in the United States and Dallas, but um, Winnipeg is a great place to live uh, as long as you can travel everywhere else. Yeah, and, and, and it sounds like a, <laughs> that sounds like a spite, but what I find here is that we have an incredibly uh, talented, dedicated, and, and highly technical uh, set of, of, of folks available for hire. Uh, you know, especially in the startup scene, it's amazing at how many folks are coming out of the woodwork to support the scalability. Mm-hmm. Uh, our education system between the Red River College uh, and the University of Winnipeg in Manitoba, we have a really good funnel of a local immediate talent. And from a draw, when you look at lifestyle choices in Canada, uh, you know, for under a million bucks, you can have a beautiful home, a beautiful cottage, and all the accessories. So the cost of living here is extremely low to other places on the planet. And it's just, it works, it works out for just a great uh, community type of approach. Uh, The scalability, the desire to grow can be, can be handled from here. And um, the other, uh, other really neat piece for a startup is um, there's, the small pond aspect you know when mm, you try mm. being a startup in the valley or, or heck, toronto um you're, you're one of thousands and uh, if not tens of thousands and it's really tough to get that voice heard in manitoba you're one of hundreds and the uh, way the community treats you and the way you can your voice is heard comes to government support for investor support uh it just that that ability to to get what you need done quicker happens very well in winnipeg yeah that's so awesome really good to hear i've seen and that's a common thread that i've heard is the uh, across the country when it comes to smaller communities is the uh, the intimacy that comes with it uh, and actually a lot less competitiveness and uh, because of that so uh, that's just great to great to hear so what's what's uh, talk about uh, um talk about winnipeg as a city but what about michael as a person what's your thing that you do besides uh, volunteer and and build businesses. Uh, that's about it. <laughs> I, uh, you know, like I said, everything in my life, it's, it's interesting where um, uh, I'm always uh, talking about the next business idea and concept right. you know, between uh, Startup Winnipeg and, and uh, Santworks Ramp Up Manitoba. Uh, really, the last five years of my life has been uh, trying to help out in, in my small way of growing that ecosystem, growing that community so uh, entrepreneurs of today uh, could have a support system. When uh, I started, uh, I'm sitting in my, at my desk at uh, 321 McDermott in downtown Winnipeg. When we first moved into the basement of this building, there there was no community. There was there was stories about entrepreneurs who had made it, who 
uh, seemed to know what they were doing, but I had no contact or no community with them. Uh, right. Today, we got this thriving process where I, you, literally you can, you, anyone who's doing something now or anyone that really has a you're you're one phone call away yeah. from them in, in the community. So great job. Well, look, let's uh, let's kind of dive into cybersecurity because that's your uh, that's your DNA, and uh, I want to kind of talk about. Uh, the fact that one, you've been working in cybersecurity since the early 2000s. Um, what are some trends that you that you saw then that uh, that you took advantage of? And I think we might have talked about it a little earlier, but you know, in particular, give us the crystal ball. Put on your Swami act here and uh, really share with us as to where you see those trends are going in the next five years. You know, just an, another interesting startup perspective is, um, you know, the the day of the app debatably is long gone now. Everyone's uh, getting into uh, Internet of Things, right? The hardware is the new software. <laughs> and uh, a lot of these these Kickstarter campaigns, Indiegogo campaigns, these little devices everyone's selling, no one's looking at security right now. Mm. It's like the 1990s for mm. software and for apps. It's We're living in the dark ages. We have people building hardware solutions and they do not understand how they safely talk on the internet, where they store your information. How can somebody uh, find something out about you by looking at that piece of hardware uh, that may or may not be intended? So from a startup point of view, uh, folks who have a good security strategy around the physical and the software size of their business are going to be the differentiated organizations in the next year or two. They're the ones with the higher valuation from a technology perspective. Very cool. Well, you must be just kind of rubbing your hands together, not from the monetary perspective, although that's fun, but from the journey perspective that you're going to go on. Very oh, cool. Oh, it's, it's a blast. Yeah, yeah, right on. Well, look, you were a chief innovation officer at Securus for over 11 years. I want to ask you about your uh, your decision to exit. Are you, are you happy with that decision? Yeah, you know, it, it's um, as with every business, like the same thing. Like I mentioned the the concept of uh, I really felt Securus. Uh, there's a lot of things like it that I compared to a child. Uh, I, I saw it grow from the start. Uh, I had a, a chance to work with an amazing team to develop it. And uh, we lived through the challenges of starting up in Canada. Uh, of starting up in in Manitoba, and uh, and you know it was great. A lot of lessons learned. Uh, would love to do it again, uh, but it, it's uh, I, I miss the people. I miss the business. Uh, but from a growth perspective, uh, it was time for it to grow up. Um, I you know from a, it needed the venture capital. It needed the strategic merger to an international level, uh, and I, I didn't want to get in its way. Um, and that's something we need to solve in Canada, right? We need more venture capital. We we need more Canadian uh, stat growth stories that that stay. Um, that's probably my biggest struggle. Is uh, I, I feel like I didn't do a good enough job. Um, getting the right resources for it to stay uh, a long-term Canadian business. That being said, uh, I know Hitachi's going to knock it out of the park with, with what they got. Good. You're, uh, you're, you're very comfortable with the family that adopted your baby. Absolutely. That's so cool. Yeah. You gotta have, uh, you gotta have confidence in that regard. So, um, let me kind of just ask you a little bit about, uh, about industries that you think would uh, benefit most from developments in, in cybersecurity. We talked about these 
things that aren't focused in on it. Um, but what about industries specifically that are very fragile right now because they're not focused in on cybersecurity? Well, the, the easiest way to look at it is, um, you know, every business has trust relationships in it. And uh, if, if you have trust relationships right now uh, that need to, to uh, speed up, that need to grow, need to scale, uh, cybersecurity and, and the technologies in that space are going to help you get there. Right. Uh, and my favorite business models, again, every entrepreneur sees this, is uh, you want to be a trust broker. If you can have a trust broker business model like Visa back in the day or mm. PayPal um, or, uh, you know, uh, if we look at things like, like Uber, uh, there's a trust, trust between themselves their clients, their suppliers, that ecosystem, that's what makes them scalable. That's what's growing them. And, and cybersecurity is applied well, you know, properly to that makes it happen. You know, why did we all start using PayPal? It, it had a little to do with the fact that, you know, from a, a contractual perspective and in insurance and in, in protection of, of a transaction, they got you there in order to make sure they could, they could keep that money their ability to audit, their ability to protect their assets, that cybersecurity stuff uh, allowed them to grow and protect their position. Just like we're starting to see with, uh, you know, some of the topics out of Uber right now, um, the, the, you know, how do we uh, protect that scalability of that business? How do we make sure others aren't poaching our drivers, et cetera, et cetera. So cybersecurity, anywhere you want to, you have a trust broker relationship, or anywhere you need to grow a trust relationship, you want cybersecurity. And the last thing to think about really is that from a human perspective, we get that. But when you look at Internet of Things, uh, we have all these little devices talking to one another for a, in a particular industry. It's always going to link back to a business process, to some sort of consumer-client relationship and outcome, and protecting that be it privacy needs or, or, or performance, in data integrity needs, it's going to be cybersecurity that gets you there. So if you don't know much about it, it's, it's an area you want to focus in on to differentiate and scale your business. Yeah, very cool. And I, I love that you didn't pick an industry. You really picked an issue, which is all about a value proposition, trust. Very exactly. cool. Very cool, man. All right. So let's talk about the future of entrepreneurship, because this is one thing that you and I are very close togetherly, togetherly focused on. Um, what's the future of entrepreneurship in Canada look like to you? And you talked about the venture stuff already. So let's bypass that. Is there, is there anything else that you say, crap, man, if they could just get, uh, if they could get focused in on that, it would be good, but they're not because they're focused in on this? Well, I, I think just there's a cultural issue we still have to get around in Canada. Uh, when you, you, you get down to the Valley, you get down to those other uh, tier one from a popularity perspective ecosystems, um, you, you can, there's an, an entirely different growth culture that you can embrace. If a 12 year old comes with a good idea, uh, you, you listen to that idea and, and, and people start helping out, investing or, 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 or stealing. <laughs> yeah. But 
um, that that's embraced in, in, in Canada. Generically, what I find in a lot of of, of the smaller uh, regions, Winnipeg included, is uh, where our economy is based on traditional businesses uh, like the insurance powerhouses, the manufacturing powerhouses that have uh, hundred year plus uh, track records. So the ability to the, for the, the the community to embrace change and to and to listen to these startup and entrepreneur influencers as they're growing their businesses isn't happening fast enough. And in, in Winnipeg, especially in this last twelve month period, we've had I, I'm a ripe old thirty six years old, and and I feel ancient compared to some of the businesses, some of the entrepreneurs that have knocked it out of the park in the last few years. Where uh, you know less than two years ago some of these folks would be you know under a million bucks in revenue uh they're well north of 10 mil or 20 mil now and uh, uh i i find it's challenging where a lot a lot of of people in the communities, even just on, at, a, at a national level, weren't giving them uh, uh, enough time, enough airtime to have have them listen to it, and enough uh, seeing them as credible in scaling their businesses. Now, now they 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 took it on; they did it themselves. But the the point is, is that if uh, as local communities across Canada, we embrace the startup entrepreneur, we understand the success and fail, you know, fail fast, fail cheap cultures here. I think we're going to see entrepreneurs starting up much more scalable things in a much shorter time period. And, uh, we're seeing evidence of that in Winnipeg and we're seeing like, you know, two, three, five of these things per year. I want to see 10, 20, 30, a hundred. And I, I, I see that across Canada, our ecosystems, we're, we're growing that culture, but changing the overall culture, we still got a lot of, to work on. Uh, but I, I think things look bright. I, I think the outcome is, is we have young entrepreneurs across Canada uh, who've done it here in Canada, who are committed to growing Canada and are reinvesting in our local communities. So that I'm, I'm looking forward to more of. Yeah, that's very cool. And as I said, we were kindred spirits because I see exactly the same thing. And it's exciting uh, when you look at the transformation over the last 10 years. So, so awesome stuff. Well, look, Michael, um, you know, I could go on and on and talk to you for days because I said when we first met today, the energy is so explosive you've got and Winnipeg is very fortunate to have you in their in their in their clutches right now so uh so very cool but look do you have any final observations comments you know the proverbial speak now or forever holds your peace uh what would you share as the last piece of advice for entrepreneurs that are on this podcast well, you know, from a startup Canada perspective, um, you know, what we're talking about here is there's these are national challenges. Uh, I, I think uh, as a as an entrepreneur, wherever you're listening to this, is is that to keep in mind our community is not six removed. Uh, anyone in any local community can should be more than you know happy to call up somebody else in any community and, and make that connection. Uh, what I've really really found fun through Startup Canada is that uh, we now have this this local community that is Canada. So that mm. growth, that momentum uh, that you that we've been building is is amazing, and our, our job's not done. So embrace it and and um, just anything you can do to, to further your own cause and and the and the, the cause of the the entrepreneurs around you is going to go a long way uh, to to make something great for all of us. So uh, you know that's about it. 
That's a good at, man. That's a good at. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a real honor to hang out with Michael Laguerre. He's the founder of Ascent Works and many other businesses. He's riding the waves of, uh, of entrepreneurship in Winnipeg. Michael, thank you so much for your time today. Pleasure as always. Thank you for joining us today on the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly program dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every Canadian. Want access to even more amazing entrepreneur content? Well, then make sure you check out startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like the popular online training events, startup chats, and startup school. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash events for more details. And my name is Rivers Corbett. I'm your host. As always, I invite you to follow me on Twitter at Rivers Corbett. I do the same thing with conveying all kinds of cool ideas and uh, conversations with entrepreneurs around the planet to help you guys have super success. And also, I'm pleased to introduce my newest business venture, Coaching by Rockstars. That's www.coachingbyrockstars.com, where I am building an amazing team of business coaches to help entrepreneurs around the planet. If you've got an interest in that, come and check us out. Until next week, I'm Rivers Corbett, leaving you now with a sneak peek of next week's episode. And talking about funding, because, you know, you, you hear all the time for the circles that I go through, and I'm going to say about 70% of the time I hear it, there's just no funding available. We need funding to make it happen, and uh, there's just no funding for the entrepreneurial journey, and we need to find new and unique ways to generate some funding. Uh, is that, is, from your perspective, true or yeah. false? Uh, this is uh, is patently false, mm. and I, I'm going to throw throw a bomb into the uh, Love into, it. into the into the plaza and and the bomb is uh, right now I think we're in a golden age of entrepreneurialism and part and parcel of that golden age of entrepreneurialism is a considerable increase in access to capital and supply of capital for entrepreneurial ventures at most stages of the enterprise wow and and that's the big statement which I'm sure is going to result in hate mail yeah uh, <laughs> so back it up buddy back and, it up and all the rest so so, so give us that so, rationale where's the, so, where's the so thinking the come from here is is governments across the spectrum in Canada even municipal ones have identified entrepreneurial ventures with potential to grow not mom and pop pizza pizza stops pizza stores mm -hmm. but uh, generally speaking for governments it's high tech and life sciences but high potential companies uh, putting existing business models at risk uh, devising new solutions to long standing business uh, and social problems uh, governments have been incredibly active uh, there's a multi-billion dollar program called the shred program uh, for companies engaged in in R&D, uh, the incubators and accelerators that are in this country, 150 of them, as I mentioned earlier, are basically funded by government, and they're growing uh, volumes of companies at that early stage that 
that didn't used to be the case. Mm. Uh, as well, if you look at what's happening in the angel world, so uh, what are business angels? Business angels tend to be entrepreneurs who have had some success in their life uh, and they want to give back and they want to keep on playing. They want to keep being involved in entrepreneurialism because it's fun. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's lots of fun. Yeah. Angel activity at around 90 million a year in Canada. And and there's probably a lot more that is yet to be reported because this community is just in the earlier stages of getting organized. There's, there's my friends in venture capital. Uh, last year, 2015, according to uh, one uh, data provider, uh, was probably the best year in five or six with uh, 2.6 billion Canadian in commitments. Uh, so the numbers have, have just about doubled. Uh, in fact, doubled and then some. Uh, in crowdfunding, uh, raising capital via social media, period, full stop. Uh, right now we're at a stage where this is about to go into takeoff mode mm -hmm. because governments and their creatures, securities commissions, securities regulatory organizations like the Ontario Securities Commission and the Alberta Securities Commission uh, have all put out draft regulations. And it's okay now to go out there and raise capital, uh, either debt or equity capital, uh, via the crowdfunding route. Uh, there are non-traditional suppliers of capital who a couple of years ago uh, you'd have to you'd have to look under every rock in uh, in the field to actually find and now it's pretty easy uh, and what I'm thinking about here are corporate venture capitalists or whether they're called that by name or whether they're in-house entities uh, by the way this is this is my interview not yours you don't get oh, to okay. ask the questions <laughs> Oh,